Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. In today's show, we're going to empty out a grab bag of offseason topics from Team USA to Terry Rozier to some of Danny Ainge's recent comments. Uh, first, we're going to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen. Please give us a follow on Twitter. That's at WinningPlaysPod. Uh, quick shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show as always, and to BetOnline.ag for being the best sponsor we have ever had. Uh, guys, this is our first episode in a couple weeks, uh, Mike and, and B-Rob, uh, in large part because, Pina, you were in Japan for... How long were you actually there? It felt uh, like a month. Uh, only 10 days. Only 10 days. And how much of that was travel? Is that including the travel? Uh... E, well, e, a little confusing. <laughs> Have you recovered like from the jet, the jet lag yet? So I don't, I don't want to do the math. <laughs> I'm, I'm semi, semi recovered. I would say, like I'm seventy five percent right now. All right, Woke so up at four o'clock this morning, so that's like a ready to go. That's like a typical morning for me, so I don't feel too bad for you. Um, all right, so get us back into <laughs> back back into the flow. I have a quick uh, international theme trivia question for you guys. We ready? Yes. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Okay. Who is the leading scorer in Celtics history among internationally born players? Your hint is that he is not Japanese. Dino Raja. Dino, Dino Raja. I was hoping that would be that would be the guess, but that that is wrong. He's second all time. That's wrong. Yeah, so, and I, and I huh. should have said at the beginning that Can this is like a, this is like a, this is like a seven out of ten in terms of difficulty, maybe even eight. In terms of, can we get a decade? He or was drafted. He was drafted in the nineties. He was drafted in the nineties. Ooh, Vitaly Potapenko. Ooh, no. So he's not born in the United States, but played for the Celtics and is the leading scorer among guys who are not in the nineties. Dino Raja is the 90s. leading rebounder, I should say, of internationally born players. So yeah, Dino was going to be my guess. So I, I'm, I'm blanking on. What is the answer, right Rich? Uh, the answer: He was born in Canada, raised partly in the Bahamas, and his name is Rick Fox. Huh. I would have never guessed that. One of my least favorite players of all time. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, hopefully, we, don't, uh, we don't need to get into that. Hopefully one of the many international right. guys on this, on this current roster will, will overtake him sometime soon. Um, See, I so, know he was international, so I would never guess that. All right. I think that's a good but start. Good, good question. So let's, uh, you want to dip into your grab bag, B-Rob, and get a start? I think, I think Team USA, considering, uh, considering that topic, is probably a good place to start. 
That's like round yeah, two. I mean, it's like round two of all, the Celtic thanks. Summer League. It is. It really is. And thank God for it because this month would be, uh, I mean, it's already dead than, you know, mostly any NBA August in, that, in recent memory since, like, everything is settled for a change around the league. But we have a little Team USA action. There is uh, still 15 players on Team USA in the second week of their training camp heading into the FIBA World Cup. Four of them are Celtics. And that roster has to be trimmed down to 12 players, uh, ideally before the team heads. I think they're they're scrimmaging on Friday, and then they're going to head over to Australia for some uh, more practice and exhibition games ahead of the the World Cup. So, gentlemen, I'm going to run through the uh, remaining players on the roster here, and we're going to try, I think, to start just kind of figure out what are the odds here that we're going to see four Celtics on the final 12-man roster. So uh, the point guard spot, Kemba Walker obviously is a lock there. Um, De'Aaron Fox has been making a lot of noise uh, since being promoted from the select team, and he seems to be pretty close to a lock based on the early reviews for him. Um, Kyle Lowry obviously is out of the mix now there. And Derek White uh, was added last week once Lowry went out, and... Seems to be obviously a bubble guy slash uh, injury backup for Smart. Uh, elsewhere in the backcourt, Donovan Mitchell seems to be a lock. Then you have Marcus Smart, Joe Harris. Uh, the wings is very crowded and uncertain. Middleton seems like a lock. Tatum seems like a lock. But then after that, you've got Jalen Brown, Harrison Barnes. Kyle Kuzma has more of a stretch for, obviously, P.J. Tucker. And then the center position is Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, and Mason Plumley, um, literally thought it was Miles Plumley this whole time, but continue. <laughs> Slight upgrade. So, I guess I'll to throw this out to you guys here. Who are? Um, I mean, that that's a whole different can of worms. I feel like Rich, <laughs> but what's uh, what, what what percentage odds do we have? And I guess the other disclaimer is Marcus Smart has been out for a week with a a strained calf, and he's hoping to get back in the next few days, but. He's still day-to-day. So who's getting cut from this team, guys? And who does... I think, honestly, I feel better about Smart's status to make this team than Jalen does, assuming Smart's healthy. I think the most interesting question is, from a Celtics perspective, do you even want these guys playing on this team? I think you do. I think you want all of them. Or, that's what I think. If you want... If three of them are going to play, then you want all of them to make the team so there's no... You know, no one feels bad hanging in the training camp. Well, I, I, I just mean in general. I know what you mean, though. Be, yeah, being there. What Do you want these guys there? Yes. Yes. Okay. Why? Because playing under Pop, I think, is good. And playing in this type of a team setting um, together after how last year ended, I think, is good in terms of outweighing the cons that come with playing in a tournament like this. Okay. I mean, it is, I don't necessarily disagree. I think that, you know, there was a picture of Smart, Tatum, Jalen, and Kemba together, I think in Vegas. And it was, it was like cool to see them have dinner and talk about bonding and and all of that heading into training camp and heading into uh, this season when chemistry was such a big focal point coming off of last year's disappointment. But I mean, it's also really interesting that 
just about every notable NBA player dropped out of this tournament and, you know, rest and, you know, working on your game in a different setting and um, on your own and, and just kind of getting your body right. We saw Smart already has hurt himself. Um, I, I can kind of see it both ways. I, I do, I, I don't, actually don't even really know where I fall on this, to be honest, but <laughs> um, it is cool to see, like, you know, Tatum unleash different aspects of his game and kind of, it is an opportunity for him specifically to establish himself as a, a just like a top tier alpha dog scorer. And that's kind of what you're looking for. But like, there is, you know, I would argue there is some something to lose there too. Like, you know, if Jalen sucks or if Tatum does not show you know if he's just like launching long twos and he's for like pop benches him like stuff like i don't know like there's i feel like there's a there's not it's not all good from this tournament um but isn't that useful from a Celtics perspective though mike to like they got to make a big decision on jalen like this is another little not like you're not basing anything on this but this is good information hey guess so yeah i don't know i mean what's, what's there's the deal also with the three... the, obviously the opportunity what i would say what's the deal with the three-point line in the international game say, now? would those would those long twos be threes in the international game for for tatum or is that like what is the line still the, um, wasn't it used to be a little bit closer the line the line is not at 18 feet so i i, I know that for a fact yeah it's the line <laughs> is a little closer it's it's i think it's further than it had been in the past, but it's obviously still not an NBA three. So, one one thing oh, that's pretty long, interesting, some long twos will be a three. Is that I'm looking at the at the website right now, the USAB.com, and they have 15 guys on the roster with profiles, and Marcus Smart is not among them. Really? I don't know if that's uh, if that's a clue. Are you breaking news right now, Rich? Or or maybe I just yeah, but maybe I guess maybe I am. But uh, there there are 15 profiles. Thaddeus Young, Kemba Walker, Miles Turner, PJ Tucker, Tatum, Plumley, Mitchell, Kuzma, Harris, Lopez, Middleton, Fox, Brown, Barnes, and Bam Adebayo, and uh, and Marcus doesn't have a profile. Who knows? Maybe maybe that's something. But uh, um, I see. I... Do you see He's it? On You're mine. on the same site. He's on my fifth. I'm wow. On, yeah. Maybe or, the, guys, maybe the time is, difference. This is, this is riveting. This is riveting. Um, <laughs> the time, the time Rich, difference. Ready, <laughs> Yeah, Rich, where do you fall on, uh, you know, should they should these guys even be there? I mean, sure, they could be there. I mean, it's for, in terms of Marcus, if he's already injured, if he already has a calf injury, I'm very okay with him not playing again until training camp. I just don't, you know, I understand that the, the ideal, I know in a perfect world, these guys all coming together and maybe leading Team USA to, to international uh, stardom is, is great to think about, and, and it could carry over nicely into the season, but... I don't know. I, I just I like that Kemba's there. You know that that's who he is. I, I like that Tatum's there, um, but I would not I would not have a problem. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if any of them got cut. I don't necessarily think that that would. Uh, so you think that that could sort of stir a little bit more controversy heading into the year, B Rob? Is that what you're kind of thinking? No, like if, not not controversy, just like, but just like you know, if they're all there, like it, I think it's better just in terms of bonding purposes obviously you're gonna have opportunity on this team if you make it so it's not like they're gonna be sitting on the bench in china if they're on the team and then yeah like in terms of getting you know again hearing a different voice in popovich getting the again a 
a, a sacrifice type situation where you know numbers truly don't matter with Team USA based on everything that happened last year. I think that's that's good than one of these guys getting sent home, um, and then you know watching other guys get the the glory over you know the next few weeks or whatever. I guess, is there going to be glory? That's what I was, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. If this too. is if they're if they're gonna be on the same team again and it's another team that that fall short of expectations and you know when's the last time team usa didn't win fiba championship must have been almost 10 years when they had that last sort of lull and and dominance so i think that could be the other part of it right that could be more frustration about being on the same court and being like okay why aren't we as good as everyone thinks we're, we're supposed to be i actually think that the expectations are low like i i i don't think that i mean you you hear like the serbian coach say like he's already talking a lot of shit and he's probably pretty confident that his team is better than this one. And I, I mean, based on how team USA performed against the G league select team, I, I don't really disagree. And the fact that they clearly don't have the best player in the tournament, like by far is a little worrisome. So, you know, there's an opportunity for them to exceed expectations and, and for, again, for Tatum and I guess I, we already know what Kemba's capable of, but for Tatum to, really establish himself as like a I think he could be the leading scorer on this team and if he if he kind of takes that role and runs with it and they win the gold then that's then that's obviously a wonderful uh momentum push into the regular season a season that he has high expectations for himself for but like I don't know I feel like a lot could go wrong too but I don't think that's like from a Celtics perspective from a man like I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing like obviously you want them to do well but i think this is useful like can jalen brown beat out harrison barnes for a roster spot here i think that's useful information yeah, that's i think so. i mean right but that is the kind of stuff that when you have some big decisions coming up in the next couple of years as this team kind of pivots on the fly i'm trying to get you know see guys in different environments with again maybe a different you know you obviously have um, neutral coaches involved here. And so any, anything you can get out of this, I think is useful. Obviously Kemba, you know what he is, but everyone else on this team, um, their, the potential is still untapped to a degree or the lack thereof. And so I'm, I'm all in for finding out that stuff as, you know, a huge swing is going to be need to be made in the next couple of years in terms of where this team is going. I might be missing someone here, but is, Harrison Barnes, he seen, is he the only one? Uh, maybe Kemba was there before. Has anyone besides Barnes been on a, an Olympic team before? No, I think this is it. I think Barnes was on a select team, you know, f- four years ago or whatever, but I think everyone else is fresh blood here. Wait, no, I, Barnes was on no, the Olympic team. Yeah, Harrison he won, Olympic team? He won a gold medal, yeah. So, okay. I think, so well, that's he, a, yeah, he was like... That could be a big plus for him in terms of, you know, if it comes down to him and Jalen. Right. But, I mean, it might not. Like, I mean, you can... Like, Derek White, I assume, is going to get cut. Uh, one of the Pops big... guy? Well, he was promoted. I think he's going to make the team if Smart can't play. I think mm-hmm. he was, like, a kind of a late, like, injury backup. But who knows? Maybe he's playing well enough where he gets to not anyway. Um, so I would think he gets cut. One of the centers gets cut. Like, probably, like, Plumlee gets cut. And then it comes down to probably, I imagine, like... Jalen or Harrison Barnes or like Joe Harris or Kuzma like one of those guys is I think going to get dumped and so I'm eager to see can Jalen you know 
best of those guys, and that's that will be intriguing information for my team. I, I honestly don't see what Kyle Kuzma brings to this team, like, at all, but that's just... I'm just looking at the roster, and I'm like, if I had to take someone off of it, easily, my besides the centers, easily my first guy taking off would be Kuzma, but... Again, yeah. we, you have that debate all the time. Kuzma, I mean, Lakers fans like to have a Kuzma or Brown or Kuzma or Tatum in terms of what their Sweet debate. Is, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if rather... Kuzma makes this team over Jalen, then, then, you know, look out. Would you rather have Thaddeus Young but... than Kuzma in, this, in the international play? Sure, why not? I don't... <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. I think I mean Kuzma I, can shoot a little bit better. He's a little bit more versatile than than Thaddeus, I think. Yeah, I mean, just miles separating them on the defensive end and intelligence and all of that. But I'm sure you don't want to piss off LeBron if you're if you're uh, making the cuts here. I wonder if that's an, an association at all. But yeah. um, cool. I mean, I I guess generally speaking, like I I I feel like this is just a the dead zone and so yeah everything we're talking about really doesn't matter all that much to be honest <laughs> to be frank with our listeners but, um, but no, i am if jalen gets cut from this team over some of these other guys then like i really don't think it matters that much i mean think, it matters th- much? think about it like all the guys who voluntarily withdrew so he's in that position because other guys have voluntarily withdrawn from the, the process so but the guys who are out here he should like he should not do you think Jalen Brown or Harrison Barnes is a better player. Um, I today I I, I don't know. Right. Really so don't. right. So this is I think it's like getting Greg Popovich's opinion on that. I think is useful. His opinion on who is a better fit for the Team USA team that is playing for like three weeks. Like that's what that is, right? But that's I think important. Like that's. You but that's an that's important distinction between – it's like sort of like, you know, we'll get to this too, like the whole thing with Danny Ainge and Jalen Brown when he was comparing himself to the 86 team. It's not always about, you know, the best player in a vacuum. It's like who fits the best into what we're trying to do in this moment. And maybe Jalen could – I mean, hopefully Jalen's learned a little bit. Like he, maybe exactly. he could take it the wrong way if, if it did come down to Harrison Barnes over him. But I don't think it would necessarily mean that. It's like we already have too many guys that do what Jalen Brown does is what it would, is what it would say. Even though Harrison Barnes does kind of do that same thing, but um, right, yeah, that's the thing. that's like they're comparable players. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's talk about the Danny Ainge's yeah. comments. But so real, real, real quick, topic before, number two here. Before we get there, the other end of that is that Jalen gets cut and he takes it and says, "I'm going to prove to these guys. I'm going to prove to Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and all these guys that I am better than he is." And then he comes out and you know has a great season in spite of them. But yes. th- those are things that we decide after the fact, and they make a good narrative. Yes. True. That's true. You could go both ways with it. So, um, again, August fodder for. Uh, but I, I'm eager to see what who plays what kind of role in this team when uh, the chips are uh, settled. So uh, another situation that came up actually in the last couple of days. So Danny Ainge. I think it was a it was a group interview with him, Wick Grosbeck, and Steve Pagliuca on the Michael Hawley podcast, and they just you know they went over a number of um, you know topics in this podcast, but one of them was talking about last season a little bit and when Ain't kind of realized what kind of a hole that the Celtics were in, and he brought up a story. Uh, I assume that happened very early in the year um, 
where he talked about a conversation with Jalen Brown that he had in the, the Celtics lunchroom. Um, and he said, quote, uh, Jalen came and sat behind me and he said, do you think we're as good as a 1986 Celtics team? And I went, oh my gosh, he's so young. I mean, I just don't think they could even grasp that 1985 loss to the Lakers and the torture of that series and what that led to. And Larry Bird was in his prime, one of the greatest Celtics of all time. But it was just fascinating. Uh, Brown was looking at it like matchup to matchup to matchup, like you're doing a video game. That was a real awakening to me, just the perspective of guys. That's one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Which what? I think... I think I'm guessing the Bleacher. I I want to say Bleacher Report or something like that. Man made a graphic about that being of last year, like comparing the teams or something. Oh, okay. I'm guessing that's how that came up. I don't know. I'm, I hope that's the case. That's like an offensive question. <laughs> but um, but again, yeah. I mean that he team. Was, he was uh, he was born. What well, I think I can't. Was I think Jalen was 92 or 93? Either way, it's like six, seven years, eight years after that team existed. You know? Yeah, well, so I wasn't sense. alive either. I wasn't alive either, and that's a really dumb thing to say. You're a student of the game. Mm. No, no, I mean, it's just example, like, 102 of these guys. You know, it was clear before last season, everyone was, you know, the young guys were buying their own hype. Like, and this is just another example of it. Now, my question is, like, where, I mean... Again, another example of this was pretty clear early in the year that, like, these guys were kind of buying in too much. And, I don't know, it, it makes me baffled even more that, like, something wasn't done to shake it up during the year. Like, to, I don't even know, send a message, but just, like, change something up. But that's, I mean, that's obviously neither here nor there now. But it's clear that this was not a surprise to anyone in the organization based off of, you know, stories like this. Did... Did Danny talk about you know, what he said to Jalen after that? I know, I know he taught, he mentioned his inner monologue, right? And like, oh my god, these guys are so naive. These guys are so yeah. young. But I wonder, I, like, I wonder how how he addressed that, or if he just kind of like shrugged it off and and let them kind of figure it out for themselves. Because I guess like it's one of those things. And I understand with Jalen because Jalen's a smart guy. He's 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 well read. You know what I mean? I talk about being a student of the game. I said I, I would say he probably is as well. But he's like just smart enough and just young enough to like kind of not know maybe what what he doesn't know in some cases you know he, he learns just yeah, enough I mean, to like you know that's but th- case, that, that, I get that that just comes with the territory and i think that's part of like danny said just realizing where these guys are and it's probably something to remember for for everyone before before we uh start saying that and that's why i same thing with with, with with philly right i don't necessarily think simmons and Embiid are are there yet either and the growing pains that happen like the pain you have to go through to get to the point like all right i know and now i now know exactly what i need to do to win a title and you know and from what danny's saying it doesn't seem like he thinks that these guys have even have gone through enough yet to figure it out now i think well a positive there from looking at jalen's statement is like he's supremely confident enough to even ask it which that's good that's that's (laughs) i'm trying to take the good from it um and he didn't say where where is uh, good. He asked, he asked the question. Yeah. Right, right, right. But you know, <laughs> some questions are stupid. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that that happened before we started recording, and so I'm just kind of reacting on the fly here. That's a that's a, a really interesting 
uh, glimpse kind of behind the scenes of, of just, yeah, just how, uh, how expectations can influence a, a season before it even begins because, right, they, had, they haven't really accomplished anything. And I think the, the other really interesting thing that I saw from that interview was, um, was the, I'm, I'm going blank. The quote about, from Ainge about all certain guys thought they were going to be off. Yes, yeah. exactly. And right. so who exactly uh, w- were the players that he was calling out? I'm sure I could venture to guess that the, Jalen was one of them and, and uh, obviously Jason Tatum and our good friend Terry Rogier was probably the, the top three there. Is there anyone else I'm missing? Well, he kind of lines it up. Like, here's the full quote from Danny. Like, <laughs> Certain guys thought they were going to be All-Stars this year, and they worked hard all summer to reach these individual goals, but we just had too much individual goals. We didn't have enough guys that winning was the most important thing, and when you have 21 and 22-year-old kids, that's going to happen. So that pretty much, you know, names them without naming them. Um, I think Rosier (laughs) Rosier might have been 23 or 24 by the time this came out. but I don't know if that's Terry, though. That seems to me like Jalen and Jason. Not that it really matters. But again, at the same time, we were having podcasts discussing it as well. And I'm sure every single person in their live, lives is telling them that they're the best and they're going to be an all-star. And you, and you want them to sort of come in with that mentality, right? Like that's that's sort of the, the confidence that you need. But, you know, I guess they just got to learn that it takes a little bit more than that. Um, really quick, can I, guys, can I ask you guys a question? Uh, mm-hmm. can, can you believe that the NFL preseason is underway? Uh, to celebrate another season, <laughs> to celebrate another season kickoff, uh, our sponsor BetOnline.ag and uh, CLNS Media are giving you a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit over at BetOnline.ag. Uh, head on over to the site or use your mobile device to join today. Use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with BetOnline.ag your online sportsbook experts. Uh, please see BetOnline's general rules and additional terms and conditions before you do this. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for this bonus. Um, I wonder what the odds are, because we did talk about Jason Tan being an all-star. And it is kind of funny that, you know, <laughs> that Danny makes those, those statements right off, you know, a couple of weeks after Tatum says, my goal is to be an all-star right. this coming <laughs> season. But maybe he understands it a little bit better this time around. Well, like... I guess my question for you guys too is like, you still like Danny's insinuating here that you know not that the young guys were the the only problem, but that obviously this the expectations and the goals were the bigger issue with them. So like, what if if you could go back to the start of last season, like what do you change? Like if anything, it just you change your because they clearly like thought they could figure this thing out. And that everyone would kind of come to Jesus by the end of the year and um, buy into the more team front. That didn't happen. So, like, what what changes now? Is it, you know, the fact that, okay, we got, you know, you move on from some of the young guys? Do you move on from some of the veterans and just hand the keys to the young guys sooner? Or do you just, like, change your approach with this group? Like, if they could, uh, if Brad or Danny or anyone could have done it again. That's a really good question. I mean, obviously, external expectations were for them to get to the finals, but maybe internally they should have tried to tamper them down as best they could. I don't know 
what efforts the coaching staff made or the front office made to do so. But that's obviously a really tricky thing to do because internally they probably thought that they could win the title too. So I don't know what, what, what you can gain from doing that, but I, I do think that expectations were such a death knell for that team. And I also don't think that, or I also do think that, you know, there were some things that were just completely unavoidable and we've gone over them myriad times from, you know, Gordon Hayward not looking like, I think some people thought he would look to, you know, uh, Terry Rozier's general play to, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving's infestation in the locker room. Uh, just a lot of things that you couldn't really do anything about that you couldn't anticipate. Yeah, it felt like they, they reached a point where Kyrie just wasn't going to let that be a success. You know, and again, I know that I was I, during the season, I was singing a very different tune, but now that's become clear. Um, yeah. So for me, that, that, that's, that's tough. Cause, and again, you think about it, they game seven of the Eastern conference finals, right? Only LeBron beats them. LeBron leaves the, leaves the conference altogether. You got Kyrie coming back. Um, it was very, very, very fair for them to expect. And you have Gordon coming back for them to, ex- to expect, uh, get right. You said the finals at the very least. So I don't know, I, and, I, and we always talk about the window to strike, and, and, and that's what happened with Toronto, right? They happened to catch lightning in a bottle for that one season. This was the season when you could do it. So this was a season that the Celtics should have gone toward. But, like, you know, the way things played out, it just wasn't, it just wasn't in the cards. But I, I think there, there, there are positives to take from it. I think that the young guys probably did learn a lot from it. There's no question Brad Stevens learned a lot from it, I think, as a coach. Um, for the, so the next time that he is faced with something like this, uh, maybe he'll be a little bit in a little bit better position to just keep the boat uh, from sinking. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, it will be. I mean, we'll probably see. I think some of that even this year. Like, obviously, there's still a lot of competition. I think on this team, heading in at least for bench spots. Obviously, bench rotation spots and just how that is you know a lot of them are rookies so it's like a lot of guys aren't gonna be in a position to to mope or think that they deserve more than they're getting but um you know no one's gonna have anything handed to them this year and i'll be curious to see how brad kind of handles stuff that comes up after he pretty much candid guys minutes based on just like past performance more than anything else last year and obviously that did not work out well uh when push came to shove um so when you say that you mean are are you talking about gordon and and also sort of down the stretch stretch with Kyrie a little bit um yeah i think gordon a little bit at the beginning i think terry a lot in the second half of the year and then yeah Kyrie in like the playoffs i think was a and you can see you can understand what happened with brad there like he was in a corner he probably thought that if I take him out here, like he's a hundred percent leaving. How and, many coaches would have taken him out? I mean, it's a short list. It's probably like Pop and Spo. Spo, maybe, yeah. I think Spo would have Carlisle. Like, yeah, I think Carlisle, it's a very yeah. short list. Like veteran uh, guys, guys who aren't getting fired. Guys aren't getting fired, and Brad, Brad needs to realize that he's on that. I mean, I don't, but it is. It was such a unique situation of Kyrie, where like, you know. You totally get both sides of it um, from Brad's perspective, like why he did what he did. But it is like, you know, for Brad to be to be 
in the company of those guys, like I had hoped that he would pull him in one of those games, like just from I, a, I, yeah, I I, th- I I think that I think only coaches that have won a title would have pulled Kyrie in that situation. Yeah, yeah, and let's and let's say that again. This is another positive part about the Celtics organization is just the the synergy that goes on. I mean, after every single game, the front office and Brad are meeting for an hour or so and talking about everything that happened. You know what I mean? It's not like Brad's hold, hold, like holding himself up in his office and right. making all these decisions. Like it is a free flowing conversation between the people in the know and the organization. So I oh, don't think it sure. was just a Brad thing either. No, no question about it. And. I mean, the other situation, we, it's easy to forget now that Danny had just experienced a heart attack. Like, right. That, yeah, exactly. Like after game two and that, which obviously like, you know, yeah. he was worried more about, you know, he was not as involved at that point in the year, understandably so, as his health would take the top priority. But it is, again, like all these, all great coaches, like, like would, would Greg Popovich had done it in his like third year of coaching or sixth year of coaching? Like, like, no, like he he would do it we think you would do it now when he has 20 years of experience so i don't want to i don't want to be controversial but do you think doc rivers would have taken him out no way mm. no way hmm. i don't think so i don't think that's I don't the way doc, i don't think that's the way doc rolls i think he trusts his stars and trusts veterans and i think that's part of the part of his biggest strength as a coach i don't think he's ever had someone give up on him like that though like. <clears throat> Jermaine O'Neal, but also, do you think that uh, this, this, that the, the situation would have even gotten to that point if Doc was the coach? Like, I think Doc probably would have nipped it. In like, I feel like it would have. There would have been a confrontation at some point before, like Rondo throwing the water exactly. bottle. Right, exactly. Like that would have come up, and again, that comes back to like who else was in that locker room to call Kyrie out about? There was really no one. Like Al's the only one who has a cachet, and that, that Al doesn't do that. So. Like no one else had the, the you know the experience the, yeah. the, the veteran savvy to kind of call out Kyrie and his shit, which yeah. just made obviously why things turned into what they did. But it is just like a Doc is a good question, Mike. I have a, a somewhat random, actually an extremely random question that <laughs> kind Grab of back. we were just talking about Gordon. Why isn't why isn't Gordon on? Uh, was he not invited to Team USA? Did he let it be known that he was not interested? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was on a select team in the past, but I'm not 100% on that. And it makes sense to me that he was not involved in the process at all. But, like, is that... It's a little interesting that his name hasn't even popped up in a... Like, I haven't seen it mentioned at all throughout the entire process. If there's any player that wants to make America great again, you know, it would probably be Gordon. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's important for him to take this summer to to just train, right? Just to just to just to work on Gordon. That's that's my personal thought. I, I be Rob, I don't know if you heard anything about about the specifics of that. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't directly. I want to say that you know maybe he like signaled that he wasn't going to be able to based on the situation. But yeah, I think it makes sense for you know he obviously was just in China too for some promotional stuff it seemed like but yeah like this is given where he how last year went where he is physically um it makes sense that that kind of a commitment wasn't in play for him but i don't know it is it is an interesting like i don't even know what the what he could have gotten out of it like getting cut from that team would have been just not a good look i'm sure i mean from a pr perspective you could 
get your way out of it by you know making up a fake injury or whatever um but but yeah i just i I would assume that you know are we i guess like a different route that we could go with this conversation would just be you know if if gordon was hypothetically extremely into it would he make the team like (laughs) i think that that's a pretty interesting thing to to kind of just think about yeah i mean I don't think it's a guarantee, Rich. Like, because you're, you'd be probably come at the expense of someone like Jalen, and I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I mean, I, feel I like that's I, kind of a toss up at this point. I guess. I mean, I'd like to think he would make it. I mean, if 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 the Celtics are going to exceed expectations even a little yeah, bit this the year, Celtics I mean, would. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to be a guy that is good enough to make this current uh, <laughs> this current team. You know, he's going to have to be able to beat out Harrison Barnes and uh, Joe Harris. Even though I know Joe Harris is perfect for international hoops um you know he'd have to be that guy but i don't know like i said there gordon's got two i think we we can't like uh, overstate like how close his career was to just being over from from being a western conference all-star at the height i don't know if it's still the height of the western conference but like well he was 26 or 27 right when he made it whatever it was like to a guy to a at that point, 26, you're, yeah. you're talking about a potential Hall of Famer if you're that age and making the Western Conference All-Star, uh, All-Stars at that point to, you know, what we've seen the last two years. So I just I just don't think it's time to even consider it. He's got enough to worry about. Just just get back to being Gordon or whatever the new Gordon is going to be, confident, healthy, in control. The guy that we did see glimpses of last year, you know, that first-round series against Indiana. You know, where we all thought that maybe he was he was going to be able to be that guy for the for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, I still think that, and I'm still counting on that being the Gordon Hayward that we see. Um, and I think that that taking this summer just to just to work on himself will be the the, the best way for that to to, ha- to actually happen. But yeah, I think he would. I think he would make the team. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm ahead not, and say that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he would make it, but I'm not advocate. I'm I'm not advocating at all for him to to like give it a shot or but i'm just curious like even if he was invited or like what that whole process was because you would think that his talent level and just his style of play would be such a really good fit but didn't even see his name come up yeah i like to think that he sent signals that like you know i'm gonna pass on it if you even offer it so don't even bother but maybe the team just team usa just saw where he was at being like we're not gonna put him put him in that spot um is vincent playing for france yes so i'm actually eager to see that and tice playing for germany so that should actually i want to say saw like because tice played a couple years ago um before he you know signed with the Celtics during the uh olympics i want to say or maybe it was another world championships or euro cup yeah that's what it was but yeah that was watching him in that being like oh maybe he could bring something to the table here and that ended up being true so that that should be pretty fascinating to see. I think Gobert is also playing for France, so I'm not sure how much Vincent will play, but um, I imagine he'll get a few minutes. I think it's fair to um, assume that Cantor will not be playing for really, Turkey. Two really, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- two really dumb questions as someone who has been completely out of the loop. But Giannis is playing, right? Giannis is playing, and Jokic is playing. Correct. Okay, cool. That's all I. That's all I had. Um. All right. Let's uh transition to another. There was a a feature on Terry Rozier yesterday from Jonathan Abrams at Bleacher Report with some, you know, nothing 
earth-shattering new from Rosier, but um, talked a little bit about... The first thing I loved was just how blatantly open uh, the tampering stuff was with him in the, in the intro of the article, which just described how Rosier was thought he was going to go the next the day before free agency started on a one-year deal and then got offered a multi-year deal by the Suns and then the Hornets came in and top both offers. Now, considering that Rosier signed up the, Sun, the the Hornets 12 minutes into free agency, um, I think that's just hilarious. But um, are those the three dumbest teams in the league right now? Is my question. <laughs> I mean, I think Man, what an that. angle. I'm yeah. writing something right now. I'm, I'm writing something right now about the Hornets, and um, it's not flattering at all. Um, but, I, yeah, that... <laughs> those are those are good contenders. I think I, I would still throw the Lakers in that conversation, regardless of their offseason. Yeah. Um, I think they are complete trash. The Wizards seem to be on the up and up based yeah. on you know how they're reshaping their front office, and it looks like they're making some interesting moves. They need to trade Bradley Beal before I believe anything. But um, but yeah, uh, the, the Wizards aren't like a, a model of of excellency or anything. But... They set themselves up nice to tank this year. So they're... yeah, which is a step in the right direction. Right. Um, yeah, I thought that the really funny. Rich, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say quickly that I think at any point in the last five years top three stupidest teams in the league i think suns hornets and knicks are right up there so i would just agree with b yeah, question but say it's a pretty evergreen question <laughs> sorry yeah. go ahead. um the michael jordan aspect which was also at the top of the article very interesting um I, mj was not quoted in the piece but terry rogier basically put words in his mouth and uh, Michael Jordan is really that all about Terry Rozier. You got to really wonder just what the future <laughs> is for that organization. It's just not looking good at all. I mean, a, a, you lowball the only like a, a legitimate All NBA player who was in tears when he heard that he might get traded at the deadline. You lowball him, best player in franchise history. You're talking about Biombo, and then and exactly, and then you like aggressively go after Terry Rozier and overpay him when the New York Knicks were only willing to offer one year. Like I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have to see. It's unbelievable. And you think like, go ahead. I mean, that contract rich, like that's they're They're paying him like two thirds of Kemba's salary. Right. For three years. Yeah. But at the same time, you're allowing yourself to be worse than you... Like, like you need to be a little bit worse than what Kemba was, was bringing you. Right? Like, Kemba's just good enough to, to make it so you don't totally suck. Uh, which, isn't a, which isn't a good game. Like, whether like whether or not, like, Jordan actually believes that, that Terry Rozier is, is... You know, I forget exactly what he said, you know? But, like, he certainly said enough to, to make Terry drop his dreams of... MSG and certainly 56 million or whatever it was helps as well. But um, again, we've also discussed that it wouldn't be a big surprise to see Terry put up big numbers this year. Granted on a horrible team, but like, I don't know. You just, you just wonder where the Hornets are. I mean, I, I always thought that they're a team that just needs to make the playoffs, right? They, if they can sell playoff tickets every year, that's a, that's a success. If you can get team people coming to the games, but maybe at this point they need to not just be middle of the road. And and having giving the keys to Terry Rozier <laughs> might be a good way to do that. 
let me tell you something. They will not be middle of the road this year. No, they'll be hurt. Like, mm-hmm. like, and also, you do not need you do not need to pay Terry Rozier that money to be terrible. There are plenty of people who are worse at basketball who you can pay the veterans minimum, and I, let them be your starting point guard. Isaiah Thomas. Why not? Oh, Why they do that? I, I got to say that piece, the highlight was just everything that was said about Isaiah. It, like brought a tear to my eye, and it really like I, I you, you, it was only like three years ago, but you forget just how magical that that dude was. Two years ago, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, Amazing. no, Love that, him. it was beautiful. But but and at the same time, I'm reading it. I'm like, physically, the guy couldn't do it anymore. You know, that's what it comes down to, and that's where like it's hard to really second guess anything the Celtics did, but you do come away with just a ton of respect for the way Isaiah handled himself on day to day. And I love the fact that he just told his teammates right off the bat, like, I'm not here to fuck around. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like we're, we, we, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to do all that. Like I'm here to win basketball games and get better at basketball and, you know, to provide for his family. And you, you got to respect that. I do question for you guys on the Terry's Isaiah comments, like how much, and here's here's one quote from Rozier on Isaiah. Um, you got to own your own space in this league because he did a lot for us, referring to Isaiah. He was a true warrior, true Celtic, six-hour surgeries on his tube, sister died, playing the next day, scoring 53 points, leaving his heart out there, crying on the court and all. Anything you can think of, him getting shots in his hip right before the game, taking away the pain. Does... And again, I'm not like second guessing the Celtics here or anything, but like is seeing, I feel like the the mentality from guys like Rozier, who and maybe Jalen to a lesser degree, but mostly Rozier because he's making these comments, like may have kind of influenced how things went last year in terms of like looking out for yourself first and foremost, based on kind of what happened with Isaiah. So Jalen made comments like that right off the bat. He didn't even wait. So we we go back to, right. to after the true. trade. Yeah, he he voiced yeah. that pr- pretty quickly. Um, but yeah. again, so I but, do. Th- I mean, I I just I can't help but think that that's a factor, Rich. Sure, and 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 there was that you know the year in between where you know where we saw Terry and Jalen take what seemed to be great strides. You know, in the absence of Kyrie and Isaiah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, everyone's got that moment where you learn that this is a business, right? That you, you dreamed of playing in the NBA and, and all that entails. And then you get there and like, okay, like it's not real. It's a game, but no, this is real life. And, 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 and every single like learning experience like that is a step along the way to becoming the guy that you need to become. Um, and what you, I guess, you know, what you do with those lessons, I think is, is the big thing. But, uh, yeah, there's no question that, that these guys are understanding, especially like Jalen and Terry, who, who don't have that long-term security in Boston? Um, they got to look out for them. I don't. I don't blame them for it. But at the same time, you know, sacrificing and playing on a on a championship team can do more for you than a, a couple extra points per game. Don't tell Terry Rozier that after this contract. No, that, that, that's right. That's very true. Who am I to say that? Good for no Terry. lessons were learned. No. no. Lessons. That's, but that's when, but when he's playing in front of an empty stadium in Charlotte, you know, forty-one nights a forty-one nights a year, maybe he'll, you know, wonder how much the extra. Know, who am I kidding? Thirty million dollars. I don't know. But uh, yeah, dude, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's fine. Good for Terry. And and by the way, if Michael Jordan um, said that about me, I I might jump as well. That's pretty cool. Granted, he said the same thing about Kwame Brown, but and Adam Morrison. Right. He said a lot of things. He said a lot of things about Kwame Brown, which are a different story for a different day. 
It is. I mean, it is crazy. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of that trade next week, um, which is just bananas to me. So what happens? Let's say let's say that they that they don't make that trade, right? Because you already you already had Gordon. Yeah, he'd already signed on the play. Uh, Gordon, but Isaiah is right. a non-factor. Isaiah is not. You know, would be probably as big of a because you weren't going to sign him to a long-term deal. Like the guy, his 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 hip was already a mess. The Celtics knew better than anybody, clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe sure. you ha- you ha- maybe so, Terry so, is so, the point. Well, well, so what were you going to do with Isaiah? I don't know. That, that that's what that's what I'm wondering. I don't think uh, if you kept him, you certainly weren't having Isaiah. On, like it wasn't going to be Isaiah Thomas on the team. It would be the guy that we see now. You know. Um, right. So, but 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 he was but he was an unrestricted free agent. So, coming off. Like no one knew how bad the hip injury was, so nah, I, don't I mean, know. from the the the, I mean, his market value was his market value, which was not terrible. Like he was expecting a hundred million dollars. He played pretty well in the playoffs before the injury. Like I, I don't know, B-Rod, What do you like? What do you think the Celtics would have paid? Well, I think if I like, he obviously had one year left on that deal, and I assume he probably sits out for the first few months of that year comes back and then looks if he looked like he did in Cleveland and you know with the Lakers then I imagine the Celtics offering no more than like you know a couple million dollars a year and it's a very awkward situation and maybe they don't even offer that I it would be from a public relations standpoint it would have been very tricky for them um but at the same time like if he stays, then you still have, you know, your Brooklyn pick. You still have Jay Crowder with good value at that point. And <laughs> Gordon Hayward never gets injured because Kyrie never throws that pass. Like, you have, I mean, a lot of what is, but then... The space-time is continuum like, is all... You, you yeah. obviously spend your chips on... The space-time, right. So it's like, <laughs> you... I would... I'd be shocked if they kept Isaiah and they didn't get end up getting... Kawhi or Anthony Davis on this team at some point in the next year or two based yeah. on their assets. That, uh, my mistake, issue. I thought that, uh, yeah, my mistake, right. I thought that, uh, <laughs> I thought that it was uh, heading into the contract year. I got my, my, right, that was yeah. a year off. Yeah. Right. But everything you said made a lot of sense. So, but it is one of the, I mean, I might write on that at some point next week, just in terms of the, the alternate space. Con- and you never, again, a thousand things could have changed too. And, but it is a fascinating what if now that Kyrie's officially gone, um, what the alternative pass would have been that the Celtics didn't know existed, obviously, um, and where that team would have been at now comparatively. Draft faults. Draft faults. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's a huge shock to, I mean, to a lot of people, but also people in the Celtics organization, the way the hip has played out for Isaiah. I don't think that was a huge shock. Yeah, no. I would I would agree with that, Rich. Um, all right, close out. I want best Japan story, Mike, to to end the podcast here. Yeah, from your uh, ten days. Jesus. I mean, I it's it wasn't really a it was one dream like experience. I would say is how I would I would sum up Japan. I suggest everyone go. I don't really have any particularly juicy stories. I was just there with my wife for 
nine, ten days, uh, incredible jet lag. I actually watched Lost in Translation at three o'clock in the morning on my second night there because I couldn't get to bed. And there's How a cliche. scene where Bill, I know where Bill Murray can't go to bed. Um, so I was like, "Damn, it's true." <laughs> How, how, are the to- um, how are the toilets? Any yeah, good toilets conversation? Tr- the oh toilets? My, the toilets are... Uh, the toilets are incredible. In- <laughs> incredible toilets. Um, I've never really, you know, experienced the bidet before. Uh, and gotta say, it's, it's tough to go back to uh, the toilets that we have here. They're, the seats were heated. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, like, I can't even... The toilets were incredible. Um, toilets were incredible. Sushi for breakfast was great. Loved it. Um, the food, incredible. Uh, really don't have anything else to say, except everyone should go. I highly recommend it. Uh, we did, did to- Tokyo, Kyoto, and Hakone. Those are the three cities that we visited and um did you guys drink much? rich what was your question did you guys drink much like any like drunken dinners that... uh yeah i mean i i i had my fair share um Sapporo? Sake and, Sake. <laughs> so, uh, yeah uh th- what i love is that the beer comes in a bottle that is uh like twice the size of bottles here and it's like three dollars cheaper so wow. just, a, just a little heads up on the beer sitch uh all right so so we're glad you're back and you're you're caught up you're on everything now it's too bad japan Um, isn't gonna have a team at the fiba or maybe they do i don't know you could have done some reconnaissance work for coach pop (laughs) Uh, i was definitely not thinking about basketball the whole time i was there and it was incredible um people are very nice too is the last thing i'll say incredibly nice people incredibly patient people I've heard they dress. It's like not much casual dressing there. Like like people really dress up for their day to day. Like a lot of guys in suits and and women in sort of elaborate outfits. Is that not true? Fashions, fish of fashions. Here a, a and there, I would thing. say there were a lot of there were a lot of suits, but a lot of a lot of streetwear. A lot of people dressed like me. Um, Did you buy any yeah. sneakers? Terrific place. Did you buy? Any I did sneakers? not buy any. My wife did. Um, she bought a pair of white on white Air Force Ones. And uh, I got to say, uh, it, like, I, I really hope I'm not boring our listeners. That's just, I, I it's, uh, if they're listening at the 53 minute mark, I don't think that they can get, bo- they can get bored. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they get. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, there. I'm closing out on, on that. And uh, Japan is amazing. And that's all I have to say. All right, you're here first. <laughs> the uh, first guy to ever call Japan will do it for us. <laughs> the first of Japan. Mike in on Japan. More word 11. It's going to show up um, on Japan's, uh, the country's website tomorrow. Japan is amazing. Exactly. Winning place. We'll tweet it. Japan's amazing. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, but maybe we'll... That's our title. We'll go remotely for... I mean, I think the Olympics are there, right? They are. So yes, there you go. So start working in... Your uh, assignment for that, Mike. Yep. Maybe the country uh, can host the podcast. Oof. All right. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to work some sponsorships there. Um, that's it for now. We'll be back with you guys uh, with uh, a clear idea of who's on Team USA and maybe some other things to hopefully break up this offseason. But 
we've got some cool ideas for you guys for the, uh, the lead up to uh, camp next month. Um, so, but if you have any topic ideas or anything, please shoot them our way at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter or um, on you know however you want to reach us. But we, we do have a Winning Plays Pod at Gmail dot com. That is still an active there you go. thing. If someone wants hit that to up hit too. us up over there, please do. Um, and that's it for now. And we will get back with you guys next week.